So the last couple of weeks, um, we've been in this series um, talking through the book of Acts. And and the reason why we're going through the book of Acts is, you know, leading from Easter Sunday, um, that was a few weeks back or a month ago now, um, kind of going into the next phase of what happened after the resurrection as Jesus ascended into heaven. He told the disciples to wait for the promise that I have given you um, in John chapter 16. And this is not our primary text today, but I'll read this. Um, Jesus said this on the last night he was with his disciples in the last supper. He was with them. He 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 was telling him the important things that they need to know. And he says, but very truly, I tell you in verse seven of chapter 16, it, it is for your good that I am going away unless I go away. The advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. He's talking about the advocate, which which we could understand as the Holy Spirit. Um, and um, so uh, verse 14, it says he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive uh, from me that, that he will receive what he has made known to you. And all that belongs to the father is mine. That's why that is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So Jesus Christ is sharing with his disciples the fact that I have to leave this earth. I have to ascend into heaven um, and return one day. But but I'm not leaving you by yourself. Um, we understand that God is is three in one. There's a God, the father, there's a God, the son, and there's a God, the Holy Spirit. There are three different persons in one individual. Um, it's hard to describe it, but um, people describe it in m- multiple ways. But think of it like a marriage, a, a husband and wife. They're one. They're, there's a unity. And, and, and even though there's two different people people two different characteristics and two different personalities um that the same thing goes with god the father the son and the holy spirit there's three different personalities but they've come into one there's unity so jesus is speaking about i'm, I'm gonna leave i'm gonna go but then i'll come back uh, one day but in the meantime there's gonna be a holy spirit or an advocate the advocate's gonna come and, and be the intermediary the person in, in the middle and the people person that's gonna help you um another translation will say that the helper is going to be there for you and he says i will send him to you and to glorify and leading up and as we're talking about the the book of acts and because acts is this conclusive chapter or this next chapter after the gospels as the gospels um had had uh we saw the the different things that jesus went through and we saw the all the different experiences that the disciples saw jesus um passed through um where jesus healed people jesus talked to people um jesus preached he walked on earth he 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 died for our sins he resurrected and then after this um after this moment um where he he left earth he's telling them to wait for um, for something, and so now we're in the book of Acts, and leading in up to the book of Acts, like I want to remind you, just a few weeks ago we talked about how the book of Acts was written by Luke. Luke was a f- physician, and Luke is writing th- to a man um, named Theophilus, and Theophilus is is this important man. We we don't know much about him, but we know that he was probably a highly esteemed man, maybe a, a an official or or someone of an, of great importance. And so Luke has done all this investigative research 
to go after one person to tell them a story um, and to tell them about the, the, this, this book of Luke and the story of Jesus, but now the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And when we get into this passage in, 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 in the book of Acts, and we're in chapter 1, so if you have your Bibles, um, you can open up um, Acts chapter 1. Um, the, the very first week we shared about what Jesus was telling his disciples um, and what, what, what Luke is telling Theophilus about his former book, book of the, uh, the book of Luke. And now he's in this next chapter in the book of Acts and he's telling him about what is to come. Last week, uh, Oscar shared about um, of, of the next passage of Acts uh, verses five through through ten, and, and and even talks about that the Holy Spirit will come upon us in verse eight, and you will be our you will be witnesses in all of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Um, there's this preparing of what's to come and what's to happen next because the story doesn't end with Jesus leaving the earth. The story doesn't end at the resurrection. Um, but I will tell you some things that ended. You know, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he, you know, he ended the curse of sin that was upon us. We have life. We, we are, we are, we were destined for hell. We were destined for, to be slaves. But God said, um, you are, you are new life. You're a new resurrection, new creation, um, in me. And so when Jesus, he ascends into heaven, this is not just the end of the story. You know, although the story could end beautifully there, but the story just begins. And when Jesus ends, ends here and he goes into heaven and he, he comes and says, I'm going to send someone to come after me. And he says, wait here for the promise that I have. In verse 12, this is where our primary text is of Acts 1, uh, 12 through 14. It says, then the, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, James, John, um, Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. So um, there's actually two Judases in the, in, the, in the disciples. So there was Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus, uh, who was, at this point he's dead. Um, he had committed suicide. And there's another Judas. I, I would hate to be that other Judas because, I, you know, always getting confused with the other Judas, you know, like, like, hey, you know, I'm Judas. But yeah, like, no, I'm the other I'm the other one, you know, like, you know, so um, um, in other passages of the Bible, he's known as Thaddeus. So he probably used that name sometimes. And but Luke, for some reason, he wants to call him out and say, hey, you know what? You're Judas. And so but but th- that's why they add that son of James here. Says they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So here they are, and I'll stay in these three verses today. But I want to talk today, um, if you're taking notes and want to put a title to this, uh, it's preparing for Pentecost. Preparing for Pentecost. Um, Pentecost is refers to 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's literally what it means. Pentecost, like Penta is when, when you say Penta, um, you know, like the Pentagon or um, or a Pentagon, like a shape, you know, it's 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 a five sided 
um, you know, um, a five-sided shape. That's what, that's what Pentagon is. The Pentateuch um, is the first five books of the Bible. Um, so you put Penta in front of it, it refers to five, but Pentecost refers to 50. That, that's, that's literally what the word means, and that's where we get this, this word. Uh, um, and if you think of anything, if you think of a pentagram, you know, that's like a, that's the, that, that devil-sided, you know, star that people sometimes do, and then you can't do it. You know, that's, that's what a pentagram is. It's a five-sided star. Um, and so that's what it refers to, 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. Um, if, if anyone can remember when Easter Sunday was, does anybody remember what day it was? It fell on Sunday, Someone's, <laughs> Sunday. but what day, what, 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 uh, day on the calendar it was April 21st. April 21st. And, um, and, and it was just a few weeks ago. We, we had a good time and, and the church, many churches do cookouts and, and baptisms and do different things on Easter Sunday. And we celebrate the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But from there, 50 days after, we, we celebrate the, the birth of the church. And this is why it's so important for us to understand this, this time that Jesus was there. He, 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 spent, he spent 40 days on earth after his resurrection. The Bible tells us that he spent 40 days and 40 nights with them. And the Bible tells us that there was, there was many miracles that were happening. Uh, John chapter 21 tells us there are so many miracles that took place that if you could write them all down, there, there's not even a storehouse big enough or that, that could, could fill it or, or it would fill up the whole world. Literally everything that Jesus did. Um, and he's talking not just about what he did in those 40 days. He's talking about what Jesus has done for all of eternity and for all this time, how much Jesus has changed the life of people and so 50 days after after jesus resurrected he spent 40 days with people and then there's this time period of 10 days here where he tells them to wait so immediately they go back to jerusalem and and we'll read that it says they said they went back to jerusalem from the hill called the mount of olives a sabbath day walk from the city a sabbath day walk um, literally meant um, one kilometer. Um, and Leviticus, uh, Leviticus tells us about the Sabbath and what you could do in the Sabbath. And these, these were Jewish people that still understood the law. They, they, they followed on the law. That's how they lived. And so they understood that on the Sabbath, um, you, you didn't walk too much um, because that, anything walking so much more, that was considered work. So you didn't work on the Sabbath. That was the day you rested. But for them, they said, okay, well, if you're going to walk enough, you know, I mean, you can at least walk one kilometer, um, which could be here to the end of the street or maybe a little further down. So he says they walked not too far. They went back to Jerusalem and they went upstairs to the room where they were sta- staying. Us as Christians understand this as the upper room. Um, they went to this upper room. Now, there's not evidence to know for certain if this is the same upper room where where Jesus had his last supper with his disciples. We, we don't know quite sure. Different people have different views on that. But it could possibly be the same room um, or not. I mean, but they went to this upper room. And it says those present were Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas. And it, it reads on. And they're preparing themselves for Pentecost. And, and leading up to Pentecost 50 days after, it's, it, it goes in, conjunct, in conjunction with this Jewish festival, Shabbat, or the Feast of Weeks, or the Day of the First Fruits. There's something that's preparing ahead of them. They're getting ready for something 
a, a festival of of fruits, of of produce, of of something great, something beautiful, something that's going to come out as well. But they had not known that it was going to be the outpouring, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, it's it's no coincidence that Pentecost happened on this day. It's no coincidence. It was intentionally purposed that Jesus was trying to show them that, especially this Jewish society, that they had waited years and years and celebrated this festival for years and years of their life. This is the festival of first fruits and first fruits and, and production and, 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 this, and, and, and where, you're, where you're celebrating what God has done in your life. Now they, they're in a place where, where they can celebrate the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. Of what the Holy Spirit can do and what the Holy Spirit can produce. Not what you produce from the soil. It's what you can produce through the Spirit. There's the what you can produce in the natural, but now they're talking about what is produced in the supernatural. Not, not just produced in, in carnal flesh. Now what it can be produced in the actual power of God through the Spirit. You understand this when you look at this and you see the parallels through this and you see that they're not, they're not just looking at first fruit anymore as something physical they're, they're they're looking at something that's way beyond supernatural power that's going to be happening that's going to be pouring out on this day so it correlates together hand in hand pentecost with this this first fruit and this is the first fruit of the, the spirit of what he's doing in the church this is the first, there's the first converts that come in one day on Pentecost, 3,000 people are added to that number. That's the first fruit. I believe through this church, through everything that we're doing, I believe that when September comes around and we launch that we're going to believe in the power of Pentecost, even now in this and we prepare ourselves. We, we need to prepare ourselves for Pentecost every day of the week because Pentecost is already here. It's not something that just happens on June 9th or happens 50 days after. It's, it's happening every day. And but as we prepare ourselves, we prepare that the outpouring of God's supernatural bringing first fruits, new fruit, new, new produce, new, new people that have, been, that, that have been planted. Seeds have been planted into them all this month. People you've been trying to invite to come and, and God's going to do and make things happen. So that whenever it's time, there's a, there's 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 a there's a production. There's something beautiful that comes out of this. There's there's it's ripe for harvest. There's a crop, and it's for us to c- come together and be ready for that. And this is what they're preparing themselves for. They're getting ready. Um, I, I believe in Pentecost. I believe in the power of the Spirit. I believe in, in the gifts of the Spirit. And, and the Bible tells us of different gifts of the Spirit in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and these different types of gifts of the Holy Spirit that, that He gives us. And, and, and I believe in words of knowledge and words of wisdom that the Bible tells us about. Um, I, I believe in tongues and interpretation of tongues. Um, I believe in, in different gifts that the, that the Holy Spirit tells us. And even prophecy and miraculous wonders and signs. Earlier this week, um, I actually, um, I believe it was on Friday, um, out of the blues, um, as I publicized 
um, what you know how we're we're launching this church. Someone found us on online on social media on Facebook, and out of the blue, out of nowhere, someone um, another pastor um, he sends me a message and says, "George, um, I, you don't know me, but but give me a call." Um, he said, "Give me a call. I, 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 you need to call, you need to call me. Um, I have a word from you for you." And I'm like, "Whoa, what's going on?" I'm actually kind of freaked out when people say that. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> and like, what are they saying? Like, oh, like, and and then so he called. He so I, I I call him, and he said, "Call me at this number." And I looked at this guy's profile. I'm like, man, who is this guy? First, I kind of like you know peeked through his stuff. We had several mutual friends, but 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 he was in a, a town that I, I'm not familiar with. And um, in another part of the state, and um, and it was crazy because he said, you know what? I have a word of prophecy. I don't know. I don't know your background. I don't know anything about you. Um, but I have a word of prophecy. God, God gave it. He was like, do you believe in that? And I was like, sure, I do. And I do. I mean, I really do because it's in the Bible. The Bible talks about now people abuse it. And sometimes we walk away from it, and we're like, no, you know, that, let's let's. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, there is prophetic words for the church, and if it's backed up with Scripture, by all means, we receive it here in this church. And so he. Yeah, so a prophecy is is essentially a, a, a word from a person that God gives for uh, the believers or for the church. Um, that's what that's what a prophecy is. That it's just words that God gives to people for a person for a given time for a given moment, um, and He used it. And it's all of us can. It's not just something that a prophet or a special person or a person that walks with a special cloak or a special robe that can get that. That's the prophet, and they they you know they walk and have a funny hairdo, and that's a prophet. No, every single one of us are empowered by the Holy Spirit, and God can use us for prophecy. The Bible says that your sons and daughters will prophesy. That the Bible says that you know I'm going to pour out my spirit, your sons and daughters. So it's not just one one person that can do this. It's all of us empowered by the Spirit. And so, so someone 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 says this. Do you believe in this? And I was like, yes. You know, and then when I receive it, you know, if it's backed by the Word of God, then we receive it and we, and, and we, we 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 believe that that's what, that if it comes to pass, and it's from the Lord. So he tells me, he says, you know, man, you know, I have this word of prophecy. And he says, you know, I, I and he went so far of saying, like, you know, what? as soon as I saw your name and I sent you that message, I didn't even look at the rest of your Facebook page, um, you know, because I don't I don't want to be influenced by anything else I saw. I don't know if he was telling me the truth, but I'll take it as he was. You know, I'm always that skeptic. That's who I am. And so um, he 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 says, he's like, you know what? I see this church and what's what's happening here. And, and, you know, I, I see what you're doing and I don't know much about your church, but I see that this is not just the start of one church, but this is, think of many churches to come. And without him knowing that we're a church that plants churches, a church that has the desire of wanting to plant more and more all across the city, all across the other places. And he said, like, imagine an entire network of churches, you know, I was like, I don't know you, you don't know me. We have people in common, and and he at that moment he didn't we didn't even even know who we had in common, and so he started saying think about other uh, people and places and 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 you know th- there's more to come from this, and I, I feel like you're going to be used to to be this transitional between the old and the new. You're going to be the breath of fresh air among a place that 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 people have not planted in a while, and I think that's where we're at right now. 
Um, you know, um, nothing against other churches, but but there needs to be a breath of fresh air in the city for these churches. I drive around, and it's not just our denomination; it's all across in different denominations that there needs to be a breath of fresh air of young church planners and people that are going to come. So when when I received that word, I listened, and he said he said different things, and and he started getting to specific things, and 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 I said, man, well, you know, I'm going to keep some of these things on the shelf because some of them don't apply right now. He says that's good if they don't apply right now. Keep it on the shelf, keep it on the back burner because because if it doesn't mean to you anything right you right now, maybe later on when it comes to fruition, then you understand that that, that was from God. And so it was it was it was a crazy call. I spoke to this man for about an hour, and then finally, when I told him, I said, "You know, we're church planning. We're we're doing this, and 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 we're we're on this journey." You know, my wife and uh, I we work with young people, and he says, "You know what? That's what I see. I see young people. I see youth. I see this this next generation being influenced, and 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 you're and, and there's that there there's that shift, and 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 he said that, and 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 many things were very exact." Um, as far as knowing that we could, that we have the anticipation of planning more things. As far as the the, the heart for the young people and this next generation, as well. And and so for me, I, I get excited because God is confirming things through people, through other individuals that who we don't even know, who do, who do even even dream possible to do His things. And, and then he said it like this. And, and when I finally told him, I said, yeah, you know, our church hasn't started, but we start in September. And he said, you know what? Uh, September is the ninth month of the year. And if you didn't know this already, um, you know this now. He said, and, you know, that's the, that's the year of, of, of birth or, or, or first fruits or produce or production. And I, I really feel that, that as we're coming into this, that we're getting, we're, we're like on the verge of, of who we are as the disciples coming to this waiting stage of, okay, Jesus, you're, you left already. What's next? Where's the Holy Spirit? And we wait and wait and wait. I feel that, that when the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit's already here, but here in this moment, in this setting, as the disciples are waiting, as the Holy Spirit is coming, I feel that that's what is happening, and I think that's what God is doing is is allowing us to, and we will see soon the benefits of of, of what we're sowing into. Amen. We might not see numerically the people right now or the people that are coming um, here, but pretty soon, lately, through the power of the Holy Spirit, because there comes a point where we stop being dependent on us, and we allow ourselves to be dependent on God. And we're, we're and, and I'm, I'm about to start getting into the points right now because I, I haven't even gotten there yet. But Luke wanted to share us a couple different things in this passage, and he shared us a couple different things. And, and I think that's this is part of us getting prepared for Pentecost. Number one, the eleven were in one accord. Like I said, that there was there was twelve disciples. One of them um, at this point, Judas had committed suicide, and the eleventh had regrouped. They, but they were in one accord. Which is very interesting. If you don't understand this idea of being in one accord, there's there's a spirit of unity. There's people coming together. There's 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 no disagreement. There's not necessarily um, one trying to battle each other. Um, no, there's no trying to rap battle each other. There's no trying to you know hit 
you know, making fun of each other. There's, there's this idea of they're unified. Prior to Jesus's death, they were all disunified. And even after the death um, of, of Jesus, they, they went into this unity. We hear about Peter who denied Christ three times. We hear about Thomas who, who literally couldn't even believe that Jesus had resurrected unless he saw the, the holes in his hands and on the side and put his hand in there. We saw this this unity, um, even with James and John, these two brothers that that wanted to sit on both sides of Jesus and in order to elevate themselves above the other disciples. We saw this this unity many times, even in the Gospels, when when Jesus um, had to correct the the disciples many times over and over again. There was a disunity all through the Gospels. There was one time where Jesus even corrected them and said, you know, you can't cast this demon out um, only by prayer and fasting. He had to correct them. And, and or he would say, why are you arguing? Because you're arguing who's the greatest. And, and, and so Jesus would use those examples. And there's so many examples of, in scripture of this, this unity between the disciples. But even after Jesus resurrected and, and went to heaven, now that we're here, now they're together. It's a unity. You got to remind yourself that each of these disciples comes from different backgrounds. Most of them were young men, a couple older men. Um, there, there was a diversity in age within the disciples. You know, you had different types of people. That some people were blue collar jobs, but you had some people that were like like uh, Matthew, who who was a tax collector. Other people were fishermen. You know, they were on two different extremes of of the spectrum. Matthew, a tax collector, was literally someone that people would have thought was a thief or an extorter of money. Um, and, and you have a fisherman right next to it. You have a Simon that, that known as a, as a zealot, in which a zealot is literally a person who's like this revolutionary against the government. That's, that's who you have, and that's who Jesus chose to be part of his team. There's different types of people and different types of personalities, but they're all in one accord. I really feel like that's where God is going to bring us. God's going to bring people that are all different flavors, like Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors, and bring them all together. He's going to bring us all together of, of different types of, 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 of different types of, 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 of tastes, of different types of, of backgrounds, of different types of testimonies, of different types of ages. And he's going to bring us all together in one accord. You want to see Pentecost? We have to see unity. We have to see people come together. If you want to see the outpouring of the spirit, we need to see people come together. And it doesn't, it's not just a generational between an older generation or a younger generation. It's all generations coming together. I don't see this, even though we want to influence the church and, and influence young uh, uh, leaders and, and young millennials and Gen X or, or Gen Z. And I, I don't see this as just youth church or young adult church. I feel that this is a cross generational church as well. That we'll, we'll see different types of people, grandparents and, and even children come and, and see all different types of people come. There's all unity in one accord. And number two it says they all continually, they, they all continued steadfastly in prayer. They all continued steadfastly in prayer. There's this idea of prayer and prayer is, is talking to God. If you don't know what prayer is, it's simply talking to him and, and being able to dialogue with him. It's where you talk and you open up your mouth and then you shut up sometimes and you, you let him just talk to you. You let him and you just listen to what he has to say. Um, Leonard Ravenhill said it like this. No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is plain. 
The, pr- the people who are not praying are strained. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players and payers, few prayers. Many singers, few clingers. Lots of pastors, few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. Much fashion, little passion. Many interferers, few intercessors. Many writers, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. And, and when you really break that down, it's this idea of we, we need people that are agonizing and in tears and, and crying out to God for Pentecost. Pentecost didn't just arrive because, because they just, okay, waited around and, hey, let's go out to Burger King or let's go get some shipping donuts. Or, no, Pentecost arrived because they were in accord and in, in, in unity and prayer. For 10 days and, and they came together and, and, and the church came together and people came together and they gathered. They prayed, praying steadfast. It's that idea of when you're steadfast, that, that word means steadfast. When you hear that, if you don't understand that word, it's this idea of you're standing firm and you're not going back. You're standing firm. It's like it, you think about a military that stands in front of another um, a, another enemy, and 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 they know they're approaching, but they stand steadfast, meaning I'm not going to return. I'm firm. When you pray steadfast prayers, you mean I'm going all in and I'm not going back. I I want people in this church. They're going to be part of this church. They're going to be going all in for this church. There is no going back. There is no returning to normal. There is no returning to what we used to do. We're all in. And we're dependent on God. Number three. The Bible says the women joined with them in prayer with the same steadfastness. It says the women joined them in prayer with, with, with them in prayer with the same steadfastness. There's a picture of women that the, that the gospel uses or that the Bible uses. And one thing that Jesus did that was countercultural to the time, he elevated the status of women when everyone else saw women as um, degenerate or or less than men in this culture. Jesus elevated the status of women and he used women. It was women that first saw Jesus' resurrection. And they're the first and women were the ones that testified about his resurrection. They were the first ones. It was women that God used, you know, to to anoint the feet of Jesus. It was a woman, it, it was different women in the Bible that, that are being used. And so th- this picture of the church. I, I'm glad that we're a church that celebrates also women. I, I'm, I'm thankful if we, if we were to count all of us all together when we were all here on one day, we have more women in this church or more females in this church than men, you know, and and that's typical of a lot of churches. But I also want to be a place where it's not just because women show up, but we're also people that celebrate the status of women that are able to serve in, in the church and they're able to preach and teach the gospel as well. They joined with them. One of those women that was with them was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Number four, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is given special attention. The, the, this, 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 this is something important that we see here, that, that Mary is here, and, and, and she's given some special attention. They actually mention her by name, that, that she, was, she was there present with them. If you go back to that, it says, it says that, that, it says, um, it says, Acts chapter one, he says that, that that they were all together in one, and it says that they that 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 they 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 were all there, and even Mary was there with them. And Mary, maybe who, who maybe have not believed, or she didn't didn't completely commit, but she's there, and she's there with Jesus at this point. 
You know, there came a point when, in Jesus' ministry where the Bible tells us that he, he was this prophet without honor in his own home. And he couldn't do miracles in his home. And Mary even and said, and, and said, said some things or may have said some things that, that, that would have implied that she didn't completely understand or commit to, to what, what Jesus was doing on earth. But now, with now after the resurrection, there's this, there's this, there's this new birth, this new change, even in the Mary, the mother of Jesus, that she believes in what Jesus has done and what Jesus did and how he died and resurrected. There's this shift in focus. Can I tell you, even the people that you last thought would believe in what we're doing, God's going to turn those people around and to believe in what we're doing right now. People that people that that you would think now they, they don't they don't understand what we're doing or they don't they don't believe in what we're doing. Those people that maybe are in your life, those family members, maybe your own parents, maybe it's you know your own siblings, maybe it's cousins or relatives. You tell them, oh, we're starting a church, and maybe they may not be committed to this right now. But when people are preparing for Pentecost, you'd be surprised the people that God's going to bring to the table. Because in the upper room, God brought all different types of people, including his own mother, to the table. And she understood that, that, that her son was not just a, uh, a son, he was also a savior. Through all this, we look at this, and as Pentecost is coming, there's, a, there's this preparation, and everyone is coming together. And, and as they're coming together, they're, 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 they're believing and, and praying for something that's next. And that's what I want us to lead into. We're praying for something that's next. We we go into um, number five. It says even the brothers of Jesus were present, though before the cross they did not believe in him. The brothers of Jesus were present before the cross. They didn't believe in him. You know, remember that it says that he, they didn't understand him. John seven five says for even his own brothers did not believe in him. Don't feel bad if your own family doesn't believe in this church. <laughs> like, don't feel bad if your best friends don't believe in this church. I, I, I've been through that. I, I feel sometimes um, that, like, man, I wish that so-and-so would be with me or, or some friends would be along with the journey with me. But, but don't feel bad because even in, in, in all this, Jesus was there. He understands what it means where, where people didn't believe in him and understand him and what he was doing. So Jesus is here, and, and, and even his own, own brothers didn't, didn't understand what he was doing. Jesus comes and said, you know, and during preparation for Pentecost, all that is removed, all that is, is set aside, and there's unity. There's, there's, there's unity in everyone together. So tonight I want us to, to pray and to, to prepare ourselves for Pentecost um, and believe in, in unity, believe in, and, and God's going to bring people. Tonight, I, I want us to, to spend some time in, in prayer and listening to what God wants us to do. The next couple of weeks, I, I will share a little bit about what happens next. But as we lead into Pentecost, we're not just, we're not just thinking about, okay, what is happening right now? Um, and and, and what are, what, okay, we're in this waiting season. What's happening? No, we're anticipating what's next. We're anticipating what's to come. And I want to believe that what's to come is that we're going to see a fresh Pentecost even today 
um, like never before. Even even in our in our schools, in our churches, in our in our friendships, in our families, in our households, we're gonna see a fresh wave of Pentecost like never before. But it, it comes down to us unifying ourselves in one accord and coming together. I want to pray tonight. Let's pray, Father God. God, I pray right now that God, you just begin to. God, be with us right now. God, I pray that that you're just going to, God, break our hearts and bring us into one accord and unity, Lord. God, do what you only you can do, God. And God, send your spirit and your advocate to us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus.